0: Neighborhood watch big 12 team previews roll on the Texas longhorns finished third last year in the big 12 conference. They were just shy of making the big 12 title game. This year looks like it might be their chance to win a conference title. Jonathan Davis is here. He covers Texas for locked on longhorns Does a great job there. Uh, Jonathan, you and I did this preview last year and talked about, you know, kind of a building, right? The five and seven, a lot of close game losses. Um, Last year, they lost a lot of – Texas lost a lot of close games too, right? But um, the, the difference last year was – so, like, they play in Alabama and that game could have – you know, I talked about it. could have gone a bunch of different ways. But, you know, I mean, Jameer Gibbs and, and Bryce Young had the ball and they put a clinic on like great players do. And so, okay, that's kind of separation there. TCU was uh, a great team last year, and I thought that effort against Texas kind of displayed that, right? Shutting down B. John Robinson, taking advantage of a couple busts in coverage – uh, especially the Quentin Johnston touchdown, and you know they had the big run, Kendra Miller totally did the kind of a the, that game basically was like three plays, right? But the better team won. The Texas Tech game still remnants of not being able to hold leads, right? That's kind of that was kind of my big takeaway uh, from that game last year, and then the Oklahoma State one just also remnants of, of last of last year too. So I think about last season, I spin it forward to this year. This is like the most natural building of a team that you've seen, right? Five and seven. Eight and four, or eight and five, bowl game, not going to count, but eight and four, and get here and here we are. But the interesting part is, this is their best shot to win a conference title, you know, since they went to the Big 12 title game a few years ago, and it might be for the next five, ten years, because they're about to join a new league, which is very challenging. It's also the hardest league to play football in.
1: Yeah, this is the year, you know, and Steve Sarkeesian on his pivot interview said, you know, this feels like his team. Well, it better be because, like you said, Texas, this is their easiest. I have to put that in air quotes. You know, you got to go out there and throw the passes, make the blocks and, and you know, score the touchdowns. Yeah. But this feels like their easiest path to a conference championship in a long time, and it will be for a long time. And you cover the Big 12, so I don't want to sound like the Homer, you know, or the Texas fan and get it you know get to tripping on here but there just doesn't feel like there is a team talent wise that is on texas level this year there doesn't feel like there is a clear contender or a clear roadblock to keeping texas out of arlington in december and to keeping texas from winning that game now of course we know anything can happen you know evidenced by the last decade plus you know right. in the big 12 with the university of texas but it just feels like it has to be the year you know Texas has always been very talented, but you could look at the roster in previous years and say, oh, they have obvious holes. They aren't they aren't as strong at quarterback as you would like to be. Right. Their offensive line isn't as big or as productive as you would like them to be. Their defense is giving up eight yards a carry, it seems like. Right. There are always obvious, obvious holes on this Texas football team. That is not the case coming into the season. Like I said, there's no definitive contender. There's no Gary Patterson TCU team. There's no Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma team that feels like they can go toe-to-toe with Texas. So this has to be the year Steve Sarkeesian said it's the year, and I think the whole country is going to be looking at Texas to make sure that this is the year that they get over the hump. If not, we're going to have a lot to say at the end of the season, and it's not going to be positive.
0: Yeah, so talent-wise, that everybody says Texas is always talented. Not like this. The, the What i like to point out, and this is, I think we sometimes we see it, but we don't mention it. The best teams are built. The best players are near the football, right? When you, when your best players are near the football, every down uh, that means the guys up front. That's, that is when you start winning. And Texas has had that issue. They They have not been great there, but to me, especially on offense, the offensive line last year, that was a really good group. They were a really strong group and they have, not just guys who have been around for a while. I mean, I think they returned, what, all five, I believe, or all, all five guys have played They're come back in the offensive line. They've got first-round type talent on the offensive line. They're good in the interior, they're good in the outside. That's where it begins for me, is that this group, at least I feel – and they got, we'll get to defense a little bit, but on offense, uh, I mean, Kelvin, is, is Kelvin Banks the best offensive player? Like I think, I think you can make the argument, like, pound for pound, Kelvin Banks is the best offensive player in the team.
1: Yeah, I I would think because I I would think he's the only player on the team right now that should be a lock to be a top 10 pick. If he plays the next two years at the level he did in 2022, he will be. He'll be a first. I don't even I I think I still think it would take an amazing year from Quinn Ewers to be a top 10 pick. Like I think right now he's probably looking like late first round. So, yeah, I, I would say Kelvin Banks probably just in terms of NFL potential. Is the best player on offense. But of course, you know, as a fan, you're looking for players like JT Sanders and Xavier Worthy, AD Mitchell. You know, JT's number like two. But, JT was but, number two for me. But Kelvin Banks, I would say Kelvin Banks has the brightest NFL future on anybody of anybody on this offense right now. If he if he ends up being the best player on the offense this year, I'm not sure if Texas reached their goals, you know. So. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but uh, under, <laughs> yeah, what I'm
0: saying is, but, but like this, that's in this entire offensive line. Think about it. You know, yeah. you bring back Cole Hudson and then Jake Majors, guy who's seen a lot of time too. I mean, and Christian Jones, the other tackle. Like, this that's where this thing is built. And so much attention. We'll give the attention to the wide receivers here in a second. But that, to me, is where this league has been won has been the line of scrimmage, I feel like, recently. I mean, TCU and K-State last year, <laughs> they're a really good example of this. Like, they, they were dealing with kind of a quarterback shuffling back and forth. And I think because their offensive line played so well and held things together, and they were very good on, on defensive line as well, too. And TCU, I mean, it wasn't always pretty. Uh, but you know they had disruptive guys on the defensive line. Now their defense is a bit different because the way they play three three five. But on uh, the offensive line for them was fantastic last year as well, and especially back in twenty twenty one we saw it too at Baylor and Oklahoma State, really good up front. Yeah. And so when we have as many questions as we do at quarterback, and we'll talk about when you were in a second here, but they lost the running back, plural backs, right? But I'm not like overly concerned. Bijan runs is otherworldly talent. Yes, he is. There's no doubt about that. But a lot of a lot of running running back game is is function of offensive line play and they've got some pretty talented guys back there and the offensive line looks really good so I'm not worried about like the cogs in the machine I feel pretty good about that and the the motor of you uh, if you will of the offensive engine
1: yeah you know you talked about it like you said Texas has always been talented but they haven't necessarily always been built the right way right and now you feel like you've made an investment over the last two recruiting cycles with Kyle Flood on the offensive line. And that's really changed the trajectory of the offensive line at Texas because when is the last time you felt like Texas had a dominant or even great offensive line unit, right? It probably goes back to the Mac Brown era in terms of seeing that at the 40 acres. So now you feel like you can win a different way, right, especially uh, with Steve Sarkeesian's offense. And on that same token, we're used to Texas defenses that could not get a pass rush and could not stop the run, you know, at a competent level by any means. And now we saw a defense in 2022 that was able to do that, and should be able to, you know, do it at a higher level. Bringing back so many starters on that side of the ball and some really talented players. And then on offense, like you said, you bring back your five starters, even if that's not the starting group coming into the season. You bring back those five starters. That's not including DJ Campbell, who was rated higher as a five-star out of high school than Kelvin banks who could mm-hmm. be really good at that guard position. So they're starting to build the right way. You know, we've heard that story a million times how Sark comes into the interview and there's more scholarship receivers on the roster than scholarship offensive linemen. And they've worked quickly to fix that. And that's why I think, you know, this Texas roster is prime for success and they're, built to win not only in the big 12 but in the sec because they're really investing in the trenches and regardless of what you have at the skill positions regardless of football becoming you know glorified seven on seven you still win with those big guys up front
0: Yep, yeah, that's what georgia that, that's why georgia is now winning national championships that is there's no there and here's the thing like you know talk about receiver groups georgia's wide receivers were not that good you know Talk about championship teams yeah. like that was not a great receiving group last year at all and i mean think about how good they were on the defensive line how good they were on the offensive line all of those things and obviously yeah. that's, that was fantastic
1: having but, an nfl tight end helps too, though. you know you know
0: <laughs> having two of them uh with you yeah. know with washington oh, yeah. as well and yeah. let's talk about the, the skill players for sure we're, so it's interesting because on paper it's this amazing group but there is a, except for jt sanders there is a knock on every single one of these guys because you know it's it's once again tell- Xavier Worley did what's not have the, a great
1: what's the year. Not? What's the so Okay, here it is.
0: Xavier Worthy okay. did not have next by his standards the first year. And look, actually, okay. look at his numbers. He had a decent year, but still, it, it felt like he was going to pop a bit more. Jordan Whittington, I love him. Injuries have kind of have, have slowed him down at, at certain points of times, or he also okay. feels like he's it'll disappear a little bit.
1: But he played Isaac- all season last year. He, he did all last, last year. He year. played all
0: season last year. He did. Okay, but is a guy who's at times has disappeared. A little, You're, a little bit in some games. Now he's got other talented guys around him, so I like that too. Isaiah Nayor.
1: ACL, you know, he's okay, off the ACL, yeah, right, and he ACL. is a
0: his his big thing is, is how athletic he is. Um, AD Mitchell is there now. I think you know when you transfer from a big program like that, there are some questions about if you can't fit in there. Now, I'm not saying you can't, uh, but I think maybe there are some questions. About, all right, you know how do you how do you fit in?
1: But then, I think in that situation he had already won two natties i, I if you wanted to say the injury concern because he only played like four games last year so if yeah, you wanted to say right, injury right. with ad mitchell i give you that but i think he had already won two natties he's from texas maybe he wanted but, to come close it wasn't like he has a daughter maybe he wanted to be right. closer it's to his daughter like Georgia,
0: though is, you know i know they recruit so well but like it's not once again georgia's receiving group is not like some out of this world group that's tough to
1: you know but it's totally, he fair. Went, totally fair. He won two natties. He wanted to put he, it on for the home state. He but here's what I'll say. Is,
0: here's what I'll say. Despite whatever, uh, each one of those knocks, pound for yeah. pound talent-wise, I don't know if there's a better group in the entire country. I think it's pretty hard to make a – somebody – I forgot what other teams that they mentioned. But this group right here, t- pound for pound talent-wise, it's the best in the league, full stop. It might be the best in the country too. I mean, this is this is an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the wide receiver position. and pass catching, I should say, with
1: J.T. Yeah, you talk about J.T. Sanders, who's a top three tight end in the country um, at that position as well. And he's going to be really good. But yeah, you talk about our wide receiver room and a top four, I think, on three made a list and they put uh ohio state above them which i can't like, yeah, right. you know right. with true, Marvin yeah. harrison jr and amika I, Abuka, I think you know so they have some really good players over there but you talk about xavier worthy who's pretty much averaging a touchdown per game since he's been in college you know which is ridiculous right even though the yardage total hasn't matched up 80 mitchell uh four touchdowns in four college football playoff games i mean it doesn't get bigger stage than that isaiah nayor last time we saw him he was averaging almost 20 yards a catch and then jordan whittington is a former five-star athlete that can just do a little bit of everything so that's a really good top four and I think as a Texas fan Jonte Cook might be the best pure receiver on the team right like I think when it's all said and done in four years Jonte Cook in this room right now will have been the best receiver and he's our fifth Hmm. receiver on the depth chart right now I think he's that good out of DeSoto so yeah you have an embarrassment of riches at the skill positions this is the type of talent that Sark one with at the highest level at Alabama and you're hoping that, you know, it'll translate to success this year on the football field. You know, um, like we said, it's going to come down to the trench play. It's going to come down to being able to protect Quinn Ewers and being able to set up, all of that magic, you know, that Sark likes to show off on offense and on defense, you're going to have to stop teams because if teams can get a lead on you and just run, you know, the clock out, it doesn't matter how many talented receivers you have. So, you know, I think that, you know, Texas has the skill position talent to be one of the top teams in college football, but there's still concerns for me in terms of the pass rush and the interior offensive line in terms of blocking. So I know they're going to be able to put up points, but can you win? Those, you know, grinded out games where it comes down to one possession or one drive. And to me, it's more important to be dominant in the trenches than to be dominant on the outside. So, you know, uh, definitely they have an embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position. Very talented, have one of the best groups of pass catchers in the nation. Uh, but I don't think that's going to determine whether Texas reaches their goals this year. You know, well, one guy is going to have outside, big yeah. a big say in that.
0: One guy's going to big say in That's going to be the quarterback, Quinn Ewers. Um, yeah. And so... You know, I've heard of the, we've heard, done the best shape, you know, he's in great shape, bu- you know, buzz thing. Um, it, with him, you know, I've, I've gone kind of, a, I, I don't know how I feel like 100% about Quinn Ewers because I think he's going to have a good year. And I think he's so talented. And also, you know, I think we forget about how much he hasn't played, right? I mean, last year, that Iowa State game, I always mention it. That was his first full game he played since high school. And, you know, I mean, dealing with the injury last year too, inconsistent play from him as well. But that's to be expected from a young guy. It's interesting because, okay, our, you know, this year you kind of think, well, what, with how talented this team is, like, is it a great situation? Because, you know what, they're not actually going to have to ask him to do – you know, he doesn't have to be an all-star all the time. His job is to get the ball where it needs to go on time and, and often. They're not going to ask him to extend plays and make things I – mean, you know to happen, happen occasionally, but, like, guys are going to be open. It's just going to be his job to put it there with how good this group is and how many weapons because – you know, there are going to be a lot of guys who are in single coverage. I mean, you have to pick your poison with this Texas team just because the the speed, the downfield guys, you know, building tight ends and, and guys out of the back feel like they can give it, they can give you the, the full balanced breakfast, if you will. So that's on him is, is delivering the ball on time. And I think the fact that this year on offense, like I think when you were probably ends up being the player of the year, but not because he's so good. It's because, I mean, it's going to take a lot to screw this thing up. It really It's going to take a lot to screw this thing up. That, that's honestly how I feel about the quarterback position at Texas this year.
1: Yeah. um, You know, when you look at Quinn Ewers, I think the question is, how big is the jump? Right. Because, you know, we've seen quarterbacks like, you know, Joe Burrow make that second year jump. And obviously, I don't think he'll be Joe Burrow. But, you know, I made uh, the argument on the podcast yesterday because, you know, Josh Pate said that Xavier Worthy was a dark horse Heisman candidate. And I said, Mm -hmm. well, will will Quinn Ewers even have a 2020 Mac Jones year? Right. Because I know we're all well, he's way more talented than Mac Jones. That's cool. But Mac Jones was dominant that year. I mean, you're talking about forty five hundred yards. 41 touchdowns. And what did Mac Jones,
0: what was his job to do? Deliver that thing on time? Exactly. Only
1: four interceptions. But the the biggest thing is the 77% completion percentage because this Texas offense should have an answer for whatever defenses throw at them, right? But like you said, it all comes down to will Quinn Ewers make the right reads, get the ball out on time, and deliver the ball accurately, right? And so that's the biggest thing for me. I think that this offense will be really good. I think that Quinn Ewers will take a huge jump. But I just don't know how big the jump will be. He'll obviously be better than he was last season. But are we assuming that he's going to have a Mac Jones 2020, Joe Burrow 2019, Tua Tua 2019 type year? Or is he just going to be better than he was last year, but we're still going to see a lot of the, you know, erratic gunslinger mistakes, right? Like not completing a high percentage of his passes, still, you know, some kind of true freshman, redshirt freshman type interceptions that we shouldn't be seeing, but we know we probably will see from Quinn Ewers. So that's the biggest thing for me is how big will the jump be? He's going to be a lot better than he was last year. But, you know, will he be one of the best quarterbacks in the sport? I think that's what Texas needs to win the Big 12 championship and possibly sneak into the college football playoff conversation. If Quinn Ewers is just better than he was last year, but he still leaves a lot to be desired, then you're looking at a team That could fall on their face and only win nine games or not make it to Arlington. So the biggest question for Quinn Ewers is, like you said, everything looks good in the offseason. But how big is the jump going to be? Because, you know, I I don't think that he just needs to be a game manager next year. I think that he's actually going to have to go out and win some games. Right. Right. That's
0: that's the question. You know, in those those moments.
1: Yeah. In those moments where you need Quinn Ewers to be the best player on the field, he's certainly talented enough to do so. Is he ready to do it? And I think that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, so that's that's the question here because I think about last year's Texas team. They they were not blown out. Uh, the the TCU game was like a quasi blowout. I mean, it wasn't really. It was close. Yeah, well. I, I don't count
1: that. I, I think I look at it as seventeen to three because they didn't yeah, score Yeah, that, on that game, Yeah, even, yeah, right. that, even that's though they not returned playing the playing fumble. Game. Yeah, I look at it as seventeen to three. But that was a great defensive yeah.
0: effort. I mean, once again, they had a couple bad plays, but like. Yeah. So I'm thinking about you think about they, the fact that they were not blown out last year, and. I think about like okay Hudson Card you know that offense kind of stalled against Texas Tech those one loss he was not involved in. Um, I think about the Oklahoma State game. I think I forget was he banged up in that one. I I, I remember just everybody being injured in that there's, game because I remember people, Oklahoma State's entire team was was out
1: at one point. Yeah, there's game. people there's I I and I'm not even a like if you're player you're healthy type of person, but yeah. to me this just doesn't rise to the level of something we should be using as an excuse. But there was right. something with his fingernail before the game. And of course, when he had one of the worst stat lines, I think he was like 19 for 40 or something like that. Yes. So I think after they made a bigger deal about it, like, oh, you know, he, maybe he wasn't right. I think he was healthy. And he just but had a bad game. It's
0: those know? tight games. It's those, it's those tight games, right? Yeah. I mean, but that's a game I that if
1: Quinn Ewers was even decent, we win that right. game. Right. You it, know what I mean? Cause I think yeah. the
0: conference overall is not as good as it was last year. We'll see what happens. I think the conference overall is not as good as it was last year. And I think that Texas, because of like what we've seen from this group before, I I'd be shocked if they get run in any game this year. And so the question is in, in a game like the Oklahoma state game where you should be winning when that team's got nobody left in the secondary to, I mean, guys who just, you know, were not playing at all. We're out there in big moments. Can he come up big? I know they squirt, they their offense pretty good in that game, but their offense in mean, second half, that was, that was some rough moments there. TCU game, obviously too. What does that look like? you know, they, they did a great job stopping B. John Robinson and Quinn, Ewers clearly was not a guy who's going to get providing the answers in that game. Uh, you know, game managers, whatever that happens, like, but like when they call upon him, which they will, at some point, they will need him to win, win them some games, uh, or a game, whatever we'll see the inflection point happen. That's the question. That is the question, right? Is, is he up for the challenge? Is he going to be, you know, is he going to be able to, and look, I don't think anybody knows now I like the situation, I like the pedigree, I like the talent level, I like you know I I thought that even though his development was off and on like I thought the Washington game last year he actually looked pretty good in the end of the year. Yeah. And um I think another full off season of being and I think there was no mistakes about it. He was the guy. I don't, there was never a competition in my opinion. It was it was that was all smoke. It was he was the guy. He is the guy. Yeah. And so I think another off season as like the guy like we've seen guys come out of that and be really good and improve and get, once again, they're kids, they get older, they get better. Will Howard sucked. And guess what everybody says about Will Howard? They're just like, everything slowed down. And I think there's a chance for Quinn Ewers that might happen because of how good he is.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that just because of the recruiting ranking, you know, it's the same kind of thing happening with arts. You know, if he didn't have Quinn and Malik in front of him, we would probably say be saying the same things that, you know, a lot of people base what they think they're going to see off the recruiting ranking. And when you're telling people that, He's one of the three recruits ever to have a perfect ranking. Of course, they're going to think, okay, well, then Quinn Ewers should come in and ball and anything less than that. You know, I remember he threw an interception on his second pass against ULM. And people are already on Twitter like, well, see? I told you, you <laughs> know, so um, right. what gives me confidence about Quinn Ewers, you know, being a lot better this year is I think last year in the biggest games, aside from TCU, where he just looked lost, but of course, the whole offense did in the Alabama game, his second ever career start. He throws for 134 yeah. yards in the first quarter, right? And where it was clear Bijan Robinson wasn't going to be a huge factor in this game, they were going to put it on you Ewers' shoulders. You know, he was amazing, he comes back. Uh, in the Oklahoma game after missing three weeks, probably should have been out a little bit longer, and they win that game 49-0. to Then he goes on a stretch where he looks unrecognizable for six weeks, but he takes a month off. They come back in that Washington game, and he went toe-to-toe with Michael Penix. He outplayed Michael Penix Jr., but Washington as a team Outplayed Texas. Of course, you had Xavier Worthy dropping touchdowns left and right. right so it wow. just wasn't that was that was uh, <laughs> that was
0: happening a whole lot last
1: year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh you know, I you know, I don't know what was going on with Worthy last year. No, maybe maybe those USC, have like
0: a, he, he had those USC,
1: touch, dude. Those he had like a fifteen touchdown year.
0: He had a fifteen touchdown year last year. I swear to God. Yeah, I, what did they end up catching? Yeah. Six.
1: Was it sexy? No, in the I think he still ended up with like nine. I think he's, that's that what, what I'm it saying. It, it was he, like a down year. He dropped year. at
0: least six of them. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> exactly. dropped at least yeah. six
1: touchdowns. He dropped one year. in. Yeah. I, people forget like he dropped one in the Bama game, like in the. Bucket, I mean, on the money. In the Bama on game, the in the money touchdown. So it. yeah, uh, yeah. I think that Quinn, you were like I said. Aside from TCU, he showed up in the biggest games last year, and he seems to be a big game player, you know. And so I think that if it comes down to it, and You know, you need a drive or you need a play from Quinn Ewers. I'm comfortable that he can make that play. But what I think has been Texas biggest downfall, and this isn't just unique to Quinn Ewers is, okay. I know you're going to show up and put on your best performance against Alabama. Right. I know you're going to show up in that Oklahoma game. Right. I know, you know, on the road against TCU, you're going to show up. But are we going to have a lull? Is there going to be a down period against U of H? BYU, you know, Iowa State, something like that. Those are the games that concern me as a Texas fan, where they feel like they can just show up and out talent the other team and then they get punched in the mouth. How do they respond? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing in 2023 from the Texas Longhorns because I know how they'll play against Alabama and Oklahoma, which is crazy to say. I don't know how they'll play against BYU and U of H. That's what scares me as a Longhorn fan.
0: No, that's 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 totally fair. And I mean the Texas tech game was a weird one that I felt like was in hand, then all of a sudden it wasn't. Let's talk defense. Um, they've got the best defensive player in the conference for my money. Uh, Jalen Ford is, is, is the best defensive player in this league. I believe, uh, just a disruptive, disruptive force. And we've seen that really, that works out. I mean, he, and he can kind of do a little bit of everything for you if if you want to. Um, they've got, they've got guys at all three levels. Like there are holes uh, that I'm concerned about. Sure. But you know, they've got a stud linebacker. They've got a couple guys up front that I like their secondary should be really good. I mean, they've got guys, you know, obviously Ryan Watts is back, uh, Thompson and, and Barron in the back end, but I love adding Jalen on. I think it was a really good pickup for them. And then Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest too. Like those, they're rounding, out, you want depth back there. They rounded that out very well. And I think this defense, last year there were a couple moments where things got a little squirrely for them at times, but I thought it was a very good unit last year. I thought they were a disruptive unit. thought things were pretty good up front for them for the most part. Um, and – you know, once again, the big 12, like there's a lot of good offensive talent and things will get get sideways on you. In modern college football, they just will. That's kind of the way, like you were going to have some games where things just go sideways and and points are required unless you're Georgia. But I thought this group was really good last year. I thought Pete did a great job kind of rebounding. Um, And I thought they had a lot of really strong game plans for the most part during the course of the season. And I'm expecting another strong year from them. And I, I, I don't think this is the strength of the team, but I don't I don't see us being like, the Texas defense is just so bad, and that's that's what they can't overcome. I don't see that happening this year.
1: Yeah, and when you look at it, you know, you talk about the biggest games. Uh Washington, they did allow 28 points, but I'm sure Washington right. averaged in the high 30s. Uh, yeah. You held TCU to 17. You held Alabama to 20. So I think even in the biggest games last year, it was the defense that showed up, not the offense, right? And you talk about right. – you know, you bring back Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy on the D-line. You bring back Jalen Ford, uh, the number one linebacker in the country, coming in and Anthony Hill, who I think probably is the best defensive player on the unit right now. Just won't get the playing time to show it this year because he's a true freshman. Same thing I said with John Tate Cook. And then in the back end, you talked about it. Jalen Catalan, Jaron Thompson, a Barron, uh, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks, Ryan Watts, right? So you have a really good group of defensive players And I love the continuity. Right. In three years, I don't count Gary Patterson because he was a special assistant to the head coach. But in three years since Steve Sarkeesian and his staff have taken over, you have not had to replace a defensive coach at any level, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really good in terms of continuity. The players know the scheme. They're familiar with the scheme. And now they can go out there and play fast. So like you said, we're going to talk about the offense because of Quinn Ewers, all the skilled talent, a Steve Sarkeesian-led team. They are going to be really explosive on that side of the ball. But this is definitely a defense that can more more than hold their own and I don't think the narrative of this team is going to be, yeah, the offense put up 40, but the defense gave up 45. Like, it's not that type of team. I think this is a team that could put 40 on anybody, and I think this is a defense that can hold anybody to 28 or below. So you're looking at a team that should win the Big 12, right? Because I feel like they have the best offense in the league by far, and they have at least one of the four or five best defensive units. So no excuses 2023 for this Texas football team. I think they're really strong on both sides, and the continuity between the coaching staffs Gives me confidence that they're going to go out and play at a high level too.
0: Yeah, this was not a group that was excellent. They were they were pretty middle of the road when it came to getting to the quarterback. They were not great in forcing. I don't think they forced a ton of turnovers last
1: year. So it was it's, it was weird because they like they were one of the top teams in the country in, in terms of generating pressures. I don't know how PFF you know how they yeah pressures, right but right they didn't they have were, the yes. sack numbers to match they're the, the numbers, Yeah, they, they were yeah. not
0: finishing plays off, but they were generating. They were yes, they were yeah. generating. They were generating pressure last year, but. Um, you know, like, like kind of those numbers, but their their group overall in terms of like how actually scoring defense worked out, they're the best in the conference when it came to just conference-only games. Iowa State's was yeah. was best, and I mean that Iowa State defense was probably the best in the league. That one TCU game at the end kind of puts the stats in a weird in a weird place. But Texas defense last year was excellent. And so that kind of gets us to this year. Their schedule's not easy. It's not the hardest schedule I've ever seen. Um, look, you can the Alabama game, like I know last year was close going to play a game in tuscaloosa they've got the talent to win that game I, I just let's just let's just move past it though i'm sorry i don't think they're gonna win it their road games at baylor they have oklahoma in in dallas as they always do which i actually like their chances no i don't think Oklahoma oklahoma has some, might have some problems we'll get to that about that preview later on uh at houston you mentioned but that's two weeks after so they get a bye week before they go to Houston. If they stacked the Dallas trip, then Houston afterwards, I'd be a little worried about the letdown spot, but I like the fact they get a week afterwards. Yeah, The one thing that they get Kansas State at home, and I think Kansas State's the biggest threat to them. I don't, I, I feel like those two teams, K-State and Texas, are head and shoulders but everybody else. At TCU, at Iowa State, at, uh, and then home for Texas Tech. That is a tough stretch. That November is very difficult. K-State at home, at TCU, we have no idea where they'll be. At Iowa State, we've got no idea where that will be. And then Texas Tech, um, a t- couple tough places to play. A team that's had a lot of success against Texas, and then Texas Tech Friday night game, that that's got weirdness yeah. written all over it. And and we're not sure what, what would be on the line in that game too. So that November is what sticks out to me. What about you?
1: Yeah, so it's weird because I'm kind of blindly picking ten and two. Like when I look at the schedule, yeah. I've just blindly said ten and two. But when I look at it, I don't see – obviously, they could lose to Alabama, right? Like, they could lose to Alabama. They could lose to Oklahoma. They could lose to TCU, Kansas State, you know, even though Kansas State hasn't beat us since 2017. But when I look at it, there's not a team on that schedule I feel comfortable picking over Texas right now. Like, last year, you would say, okay, maybe, uh, you know, Oklahoma State on the road. That's going to be tough. They probably get us. uh, You know, Kansas State on the road might get us. There were some games that you could look at before the season and say – okay, this is where Texas might slip up, right? Mm-hmm. I can't look at the schedule this year and say this team will for sure beat Texas. Even when I look at Alabama, you're replacing the best quarterback they've had in a long time, and they've had some really good ones. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh Will Anderson. You know, like you're just replacing so much. And I think the drop-off Alabama's about to experience that quarterback going from Bryce Young to, I mean, who, Jalen Milrow. Like, who was, I mean, Bryce Young but, was
0: there, was there in, like, It might be Tyler I mean,
1: They got Tyler like, Buckner from Notre Dame. It's – it's going to be insane, right? I mean, you you went from four straight NFL quarterbacks to I don't think they have an NFL quarterback on the roster right now. You know, at at least he's not going to play. Those
0: guys will be in the NFL, but uh, nobody's saying Tyler Buckner, future starter, Jalen Milrow, future starter.
1: Yeah, okay, there you go. Exactly, so... And, you know, when I look at Oklahoma, I, I think that they'll be good in a few years, but I don't think they're ready to compete with Texas right now. They shouldn't be. You know, I think if they win, it'll be off straight grit, you know, and, and just right not being a red river rivalry. Exactly. I mean, you saw
0: it last year. Like, they had yeah. no backup plan. They had <laughs> yeah, no backup like, plan with Dylan and, and then
1: TCU and Kansas State, like, those are games, you know, Texas could do the Texas thing in. But I don't think Texas should lose those. Like, I shouldn't look at a preview and say, uh, I could see Texas slipping up in this one. So – I'm blindly saying 10-2. and two. I feel like Texas will do the Texas thing at least twice this year, hopefully not more than twice. I just don't know who it will come against because if I line it up every game, like you said, BYU, U of H, Kansas State, Baylor, uh, TCU, Iowa State, what's the argument for them to beat Texas? Like what the Iowa State game, it's in Iowa State. You know, TCU, like they were good last year. Like I, I just can't look at another team's roster and say, yeah, they have a really good chance against Texas right now. So – that's the over. The over under <laughs> number is nine
0: and a half. It's nine and a half. Are you taking the over?
1: Yeah. So here's the problem. I You're I I'm taking the over without half. money. If, 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 if I'm if well, I'm putting i putting a favor I, on it, if no, I'm putting you, cutting you got, somebody's yard on it, I'll I'll, I'll take <laughs> the over. If I got to put my money on it, yeah, I money can't on. I can't put my money on Texas winning ten games in the regular season. That's, I'm so that's for over I am too. And here, If and I put my why. money on it it has to hit, I I don't know if that's gonna hit. I think it will.
0: I don't like, I like my money, that, man. I, I, I don't like the fact that it's on September 9th. I think they'll already have a loss, right? So if, if I'm betting this and I'm saying, all right, you know, uh, which means after September 9th, I'm only giving you got 10 games left. You get one more loss, right? Exactly. I, I, don't like th- I don't like that. I don't like that. Betting wise. Exactly. Do I think Texas ends up the big 12 championship game? Yes, I would be. I would be. Su- I'd be very surprised if they're not there. Um, but ten we all
1: would. Yeah, <laughs> if they're all would. Not there, I think. Oh and look, here's the
0: thing. I mean, Kansas State was nine and three last year, and they were the Big Twelve title game. So nine nine and three, you know, if you if you win the right games, and they would have made it anyway. But if you win, if you're nine and three, there's a pretty good chance you're in the Big Twelve title game. I think so.
1: Yeah. Um, and as tumultuous as the season was last year, we controlled our own destiny. That's why the TCU game. I'll never forget that. Uh, I'll be telling my grandchildren about that game. You know, because we controlled our own destiny going into the TCU game. After losing, and were to, seven and a half point. Favorite. After losing, that, oh my god. After losing double digit leads to Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, you still controlled your own destiny to get to the Big 12 championship game. Like if you beat TCU in that game, you probably play them again in the Big 12 championship game. So yeah, you know the fact that you know that didn't happen last year. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, like I was like, what, you know? Yeah. So even with as bad as you were last season, you still could have made it. I think there's no excuse not to get there this year and win it. And I'm we weren't even sick. bad last year. I just, I felt yeah. like there were some games we left on the table. Oh, they very well, were. even with their holes, could have been a 10 win team last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Iowa state game is the only game the other way I would say, Hey, look, Iowa state probably could have, should have maybe. Won oh the yeah. Game. They dropped that. With the, yeah, I mean, they I can't definitely. believe here where they dropped that. All right. Uh, Jonathan, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety?
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, on the lockdown podcast network, Johnzo ball, like Lonzo ball, my personal Twitter, get well soon. Lonzo uh, locked on horns, <laughs> my uh, locked on longhorns Twitter and, Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, wherever, Locked on Longhorns, Jonathan Davis, your host.
0: I appreciate you, Jonathan. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, and uh, good luck to your Longhorns this year. I know you're – Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on
1: the Neighborhood Watch. Thanks for watching over me on the Neighborhood Watch. (laughs)
0: All right, man. We'll talk to you soon.
1: (laughs) All right, boss.